I think this is my single favorite fact of the entire movie. I didn't know it until I got to it, but I, I love this. That it was a trilogy? No. <laughs> that is my least favorite part. Uh, In Excess's lead singer, Michael Hutchins, was one of the film's investors. Among 1,400 other investors, including brokers, wealthy cricketers. Oh. You, you know, cricket, yeah. the sport. I don't get it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the Queensland Investment Bank of Paul Morgan and Company underwrote $7.1 million needed to make the movie. Hogan and Cornell added 600000 of their own money, and ultimately, the film made over $300 million. It's insane. <laughs> I fell in love with Australia because of this movie. So take me take me back to 86. This was the second highest grossing movie of that time. Yeah. Of 86. Of that, of that year. Yeah. Only beat by Top Gun. Man. Yeah. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, if I were to go to the Outback, which I've done before. Have you? You I haven't have. told me 38,000 times. you've never heard that. <laughs> I would definitely want to buy property. If I want to buy property, I would need a mortgage. And if you need a mortgage, who am I going to send you to, Max? Don't make a bad joke. Just say it the right Sonic way. Sonic Loans. Had a guy. Yeah. You did it right. Yeah. The one time. <laughs> Nine times. So whether you're uh, fishing for bear Monday or going after saltwater crocs, mate. <laughs> I got so much in the tank. <laughs> Sonic Loans is the absolute right group to go to. If you're looking for a new mortgage or if you're looking to refinance your current mortgage, Charlie and his team are going to make sure you get the best rate. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Tell them that you like Crocodile Dundee. At the end of the day, you're getting the best they got regardless of who sent you, what movie you like. So reach out today. Again, Sonic Loans, Charlie and his team, the best that are out there. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. Mr. Dundee needs a lawyer. 
Like, what, what has he done? He punches everybody. Yeah, but those dude, those haymakers, the sound <laughs> effects. Like if I ever punch someone, I just want it to sound like that. At a dinner table, at a fancy dinner. I know. <laughs> what was Australia before it was Australia? It was an island for convicts. And you know what convicts need? They need a good attorney. Bolton Legal Group is going to support you. They're aggressive. They're efficient. Bird law, outback law. Crocodile law. Dingo law. Whatever you need. Ar- Aborigine law. Aboriginal or Aborigine. Both. Both. Ian and his team of legal experts are awaiting your phone call. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Definitely tell them that you watched Crocodile Dundee and that you're a huge fan of the movie because I know they are. They're going to get in your corner. Make sure you're protected. Reach out today. Enjoy the legal experience, whether you're a convict or not. They're there to support you. Today's episode, Crocodile Dundee. Intrigued by the near-death experience of a rugged hunter, Mick Crocodile Dundee, after a close encounter with a monstrous saltwater crocodile, the New York City reporter Sue Charlton travels to Australia to meet the legend in person. There, in a dusty hamlet of Walkabout Creek and the formidable outback, dangerous situations and unforeseen romantic complications await. However, Sue already knows that nothing compares to the urban jungle of the Great Big Apple. So like a fish out of water... Mick leaves Australia for the first time in his life for Manhattan's concrete maze, where he comes face to face with the complexities of modern life. But will the unpretentious Bushman ever adapt to the big city? Today on Buzz in the Tower, we go down under, throw a shrimp on the Barbie, and play with dead kangaroos as we visit the 1986 blockbuster Crocodile Dundee. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the dingo who ate my baby, Max Sanders. I am with that. Mo, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. G'day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the bobby. You are the worst. Oi. Yeah. Oi. Is this what's like hanging out with me? Oi. Oi. Are they Australian? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's Australian. Oh, Jesus. Tap dancing Christ, Matt. Come on. What's the Australian Hall of Fame? It's Mel Gibson. No, it's, it's it's Paul Hogan, number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mel Gibson's there. Uh, what's his face? Who's Thor? Hugh Jackman. No, Thor's, what's Thor's name? Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, Thor. Chris Hemsworth, Thor. I know. Chris yeah, Hemsworth. yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> I knew it. Shame on me. I should let you make the Sandler Nicole, joke. I couldn't remember. Ni- <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah. Uh, Guy Pierce. Yeah, there's more. There's a lot. Yeah. ACDC, as far as music is concerned, I, I don't think you can top that. What about the Land Down Under song? Is that them? Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Okay. I, 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 I. Is it Oingo Boingo Australian? I don't think so, Max. Okay. These kind of questions Sorry. enrage me. Focus. Australia freaks me out. Get your like, Everything there wants to kill hey, me. Hey, guess what? Today, I'm buzzing the tower. It's we're all gonna talk, about We're going to talk about Crocodile Dundee. We're going to talk about the Lions beating the Packers in Thursday. Congratulations. Night and we're going to talk about Australia. This is quite possibly <laughs> one of the happiest days of my life. If we could find a way to talk about San Dimas High School football, I'd be uh, pretty pumped up. You just did. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It rules. It That's does. That's the word on the street. Max Sanders, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, this is a, a big deal day. So let's start. Let's get all the administrative things out of the way. Uh, number one, if you've never visited our wonderful show before, please subscribe, leave a review, five stars, whatever you got to do, do it. Make it happen. Do it. Do I'm it now. <laughs> review me now. Give us the air. Uh, now review my podcast uh, for more content which is what a lot of people ask for. Go to social media, any platform, preferably TikTok. That's where we uh, slow jam our bread and butter. Hearts. At Buzz in the Tower. That's our handle, B-U-Z-Z-N, the Tower. 
or head on over to patreon.com, spend some ducats, give us a little love. You can come in at any level from three to $10 a month. We've got everything for everyone. Yeah. You want to spend more? Go nuts. Absolutely. You want to get nuts? Get nuts. Let's get nuts. Buzzinthetower.com, where you can buy officially licensed merchandise and you can look like you're a part of the show because that's all you and I wear is just Buzz in the Tower gear. It is comfy. Except the shirt I'm wearing with a cat eating pizza and beer. Yes. In a disco ball. You wear that shirt a lot. This is brand new. Well, what's the other one with the lasers and the cats? I mean, they're all the same. It's not brand new. I can show you the purchase on Amazon. Well, what is the other one that you always wear? Uh, The the disco ball's green. Sloth on a unicorn eating pizza. Do you know that the <laughs> national animal of Scotland is the unicorn? What? Isn't that wild? I don't uh, How? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Do they I, put a fake horn? Look at this. Look at this. If you don't believe me, so the national animal of the United States is the bison, and the national animal of Scot- Scotland, kid, head, no, is the unicorn. You're right. I told you. By the way, the buffalo, Ralph, Ralphie the buffalo for Colorado. Yeah. How do they get away with doing that? I like, don't know. that's got to be Seems dangerous. Like By the way, do you know it's a female? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. No. I don't know what's weirder that I know that the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland or that huh. you know that Colorado's buffalo is female. Well, it's prime time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Max. Michigan football one, two. Well, it's, a, it's a hell of a year to be Mo Shapiro. Yeah. And Max Sanders, <laughs> I guess. But, you know. Every year. Every year is a good year for you. It's, <laughs> I don't even celebrate your success anymore. It's yeah. like, hey, Mo, guess what? I was walking into work today and I broke my ankle. The lawsuit's for $2.2 million. <laughs> Apparently the, and the angle's not broken. Level. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about Crocodile Dundee. I'm going to do my absolute best to not just make this a entire podcast dedicated to the love affair that I have with the country of Australia. If, 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 if were it not for the podcast, the fire station and my wife, no, I would take the kids and Trish. Yeah. If it wasn't for her family, I mean, my my family, I mean, my sister would come see me. I got to be honest with you, man. There are times in my life where I was like ready to just go. So you were there when you were in your twenties, yeah, and you were doing like Shark Tank. When dude, I, that, I mean, you were. Th- I wasn't great. presenting to you know people for a job. You know, no, no. What I'm saying is, Shark do, cage, do, not do you think Australia has the same appeal to you now oh, that yeah. you're in your forties? Yeah, hundred percent. So let me, let me. You go great white shark uh, diving. Hundred percent. Again. Hundred percent. There's nothing you get eaten, dude. Not when you're in the cage. I don't know. I mean, look at the stats, right? People that first of all, getting killed by a great white, you're more likely to get struck by lightning. Second, nobody dies when they're in the cages. It's when they're like drunk swimming at night and there's a deep bass in the background playing bottom, (laughs) bottom. I'll tell you, I got so many stories. I got so many stories. I just am so excited. Let me start with our fan spotlight today is a Bears fan. I just want to get this out of the way right now. I'm having a lot of trouble deciding what is making me happier about the NFL season. The fact that my Detroit Lions went into Green Bay and just souffléed, destroyed, skinned alive. Is souffle the right word? Yeah, absolutely. They lightly you know, you know, made a pastry that's wasn't delicate souffle. to sound. Well played. <laughs> Lamb-based? Souffle, souffle wasn't the word. Yeah. I was looking, what is the cheese-based word that I was thinking of? Cheese uh, fondue? Fondue, yes. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. All right, doing it again. You're right. Damn it. But I, you know, you're an illiterate fool yeah. and you miss say things all the time. And then you nailed me on souffle. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so good. I'm so mad. What's the word I'm looking for again? Uh, with cheese? Yeah. You said it. I just forgot what it was. Wait, fondue? Is fondue what, yes. That's when you dip My Detroit Lions. Stuff. My Detroit Lions fondued. That's my, I'm coining this. They fondued okay. the Green Bay Packers. Then, then, in addition to that, the Chicago Bears. I can't go on TikTok 
or on Facebook or on ESPN without people literally pulling their hair out and saying, sell the team. Yep. The rhetoric that used to exist for my Detroit Lions about, well, they'll never win while the Fords are here. This is an embarrassment of an institution. There are only two teams in the NFL right now that are under the amount of heat or one other other than the Chicago Bears, the Jets, where you got Namath saying, this is absurd, get Zach Wilson I want to kiss you. Yeah. I want to kiss Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's the best. His drunk, like, yeah. you're pretty. You're a pretty girl. <laughs> oh, Namath. I made out with his granddaughter. Yeah. At, in Alabama. I don't even know what to say about that. What? You would make out oh. with Joe Namath's granddaughter. I went to a game. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You sure did, Max. Well, Are you sure it's his granddaughter? And yeah. No, it wasn't some... Never mind. I was <laughs> say something so inappropriate. I was 19. Max. Yeah. You weren't ready for that. Lions, though, wasn't. You caught me off guard. Didn't expect a Joe Namath granddaughter story. All right. So we, we've taken care of Lions talk. We've taken care of anti-Bears talk. Go Michigan Wolverines. I Although, still, I just wish that they had some competition and they weren't just going to roll into their tough games playing cream puffs all year, but whatever. Wisconsin. I mean, uh, Maryland was good. Max. What? They okay. do. All right. They got the other two. Galova. Max Sanders. Yes. Do you know Duke almost won last night? Did you watch? I saw. Crazy. All right. Max, forward Max. down the field. Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Yep. We're done talking about that. Yeah. Let's talk about Australia. Yeah. I have stories that I'll pepper throughout the entire show. You like let to me, let me, casually flirt with I do. With I it. do. Let me just throw this out there right <laughs> away in case this is your first episode. My junior year of college. Now that's too far. Let me go back. Let me go back to 1986. When I, I was saw, in the womb. When I saw, not in 86, Max, do your math. Come on. When I saw this movie. This movie fits into that realm just like Bill and Ted. It is a PG movie that anybody can watch. There are some small problematic things that didn't age well. PG-13. Is it PG-13? Yeah. It's the violence. The violence got it at 13. And Linda Kowalski's butt. No, her butt didn't get it. It's oh. for sure the violence. Okay. It's the, it's the crocodile attack and the punching. Okay. Because the... the, the and some the, guns. The, yeah, and guns. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But it is... And as, Women of the Night. It uh, is as soft as a PG-13 movie as Absolutely. one could have. Right? Oh, yeah. So I watched this movie when I was, you know, nine or 10 years old. Did it blow your mind? I, I, I fell in love with Australia because of this movie. So take me take me back to 86. This was the second highest grossing movie of that time. Yeah. Of 86. Of that, of that year. Yeah. Only beat by Top Gun. Max. Yeah. So was this a sensation? Was this like. I don't remember it in that regard. Okay. You were wearing think, a hat. I don't think I saw it. No, I wasn't wearing his hat. I don't, okay. I don't think. Because I would have been seven years old. Yeah. I don't think I saw it in theater. Got it. But movies like that, like as soon as they came out on VHS, like when you're going to rent movies, the oh, weekend, yeah. that's all you're doing is renting movies like it's this. It's got like the whole wall dedicated to I it. I loved this movie. Yeah. There's a couple movies that just had this impact on me. Jaws made me fascinated with sharks, and I wanted to be a marine biologist my whole life until I didn't want to be one anymore. And I, I there are two things that just were on... Uh, three things on my bucket list. I always wanted to go to Hawaii. I always wanted to go to Australia. I always wanted to cage dive with great white sharks. Done all three. Had to add some things to that bucket list because I'm only 44. I wanted to be a garbage man. I know. You've, and that's not a joke. You've told me that. Yeah. And the that's too fun. I, you know, I actually think you'd be a really good garbage man. You put your headphones in. Yeah. You'd be good not interacting with people. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, you know, grinding it out. That or a post office guy. Oh, yeah. Walking around. in the post yeah. office. You should look into that. Yeah. That'd be fun. For all retirement. Right. Yeah. 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 In a couple of years. <laughs> uh, but that being said, Every single thing that you see in that movie about Australia is an exaggeration, but also true. And so what I mean by that is, so fast forward, my junior year of college, I'd always want to go to Australia and I set it up so I can study abroad in Australia. I go out there knowing no one. So I didn't go with someone else that I was buddies with in college. Like I show up. Did you sign a sheet and you just ended up there? Dude, I literally went to like an orientation. Yeah. The program wasn't even ran through Michigan. It was ran through Michigan State. So I went to that orientation. I knew no one. I signed up a little bit late. I didn't have a dorm room. I didn't have a house. I didn't have anything. 
I talked with the head of the, so in Australia, uni is short for university. Got it. So I went to, I went to my uni was the university of Western Australia. Colleges were dorms. So, you know, like at, uh, Bursley, Bates, East quad, all that stuff in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Australia, mine was called, oh wow. Uh, Kingswood. Kingswood. That sounds Australian. And it, even though it was just like a dormitory, they were like frats because you only had to be 18 to drink. So it was wild. I show up. I get my temporary room while I'm trying to find a permanent room. I ended up getting a room in the dorm because some kid went walkabout and didn't come back. No joke. That really happened. Really? Some kid who had my room like went walkabout. That's yeah. I say. And he literally, after orientation, got up and went walkabout. And like a month later, he wasn't back and they gave me his room. How cool would it be to just be walkabout? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I showed up in that country. I you know, took a, God, what was it? I think it's a 16-hour flight from L.A. to Sydney. Comfy. So four and a half hours, Detroit to, to L.A. A couple of Jack and Goats. Six and no, dude. A couple of Valium and uh, like a beer, and I was out. Uh, then 16 from uh, L.A. to Sydney, and then another four and a half from Sydney to Perth. So uh, it was wild. Lot, yeah. It was wild. And from the minute I landed until the minute I left that country, it was the most incredible six months of my life. Wasn't there a bar that you like called like Mr. Crabs or something or Snow no, Crabs? That's or this, amazing. I wish there was. There's there crab no, racing. Nope. There's turtle no, racing. Nothing that you're talking about actually happened. Nope. But it's amazing. Got it. I, I'm going to start. I said I had a dream yeah. of opening a bar in Australia called G.I. Joe, a real American bar. And it would be over the top Americana. Like you'd walk in and there'd be guns everywhere. Yeah. And Bibles. So that culturally, the most amazing part about studying abroad is that you don't know what other people think of your country until you go to another country. So I get off the plane. I meet an amazing group of guys, some of which I'm still in touch with. And this happened 22 years ago. Wow. I went through my junior year of college, so I would have been 21. And I'm currently 44, 23 years ago, Max. You're old. I'm old. That's over half a lifetime ago that I went there. Uh, Met these amazing guys. And the thing that I found amazing about being out there and again i'll feather these stories in throughout the episode because i wouldn't want to upset your apple cart because apparently you're on some type of time schedule right now my voice and what i want cool lions australia michigan (laughs) mozzarella sticks sticks. (laughs) does good time charlie still exist yeah do they still have the count twist sticks yeah man those things are like literally like four thousand calories for like one bite i see them and i gain a size you should try to get them as a sponsor for the show (laughs) and ask for no money just just once a week send us your count twist sticks didn't they have like one that had pepperoni in them and one that just has cheese they do oh dear god (laughs) you know i I, i'm all over the map today i don't even care yeah because i got some big news yeah all over the map so i'll tell you another story have you eaten at mr spots before yeah philly cheesesteaks and wings when i was in college yep Roughly 65 pounds lighter than I am right now. And an athlete. Were you actually 65 pounds lighter? Let me do the math. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were thin. I was. Well, I wasn't thin. I'm just enormous right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I used to get out of bartending at scorekeepers. And I would go to New York Pizza Depot and take home a large meat lovers. Oh, my God. And I'd go back to my house or my apartment and I would eat that entire pizza. I'd put a half bottle of Tabasco sauce on it and a giant thing of like Kroger Parmesan cheese. I'd eat the whole pizza. <laughs> oh my God. I'd go to bed at roughly six o'clock in the morning. I would wake up at three in the afternoon, go to the gym and go out for the night and be fine. Yeah. Keep in mind, if I had a bite of that pizza, I would have to shut down the podcast and be rushed to the hospital <laughs> right now. At Mr. Spots, which if you're in Ann Arbor and you like a good Philly cheesesteak, there's no better place to go. I would get the double Philly cheesesteak. So double meat. I'd get 12 uh, atomic hot wings or whatever the name was. Waffle chili cheese fries and extra sauces that I just pour on my Philly and just eat that. And I'd be fine. I go out that night. 
Is yeah. that is that incredible what we used to be able to do? Yeah. So for you, it was more of the partying scene. I won't get into specifics. Like you used to be able to yeah, drink. Bottle of pop off. Oh my God. <laughs> and now don't you feel like if you have like a cocktail, you're like, ooh. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee. Are there spiders like they say? Yes. Huntsmans? Yes. Do they freak you out? Yes. Okay. Spiders, they're, they're spiders, spiders don't bother me. Um, cockroaches. The cockroaches are the size of uh, small people. What? Like Willow. Off good. Oh my is God. Is the size of a cockroach. Like uh, Princess Bride size? Yeah, it's awful. Oh. It's awful. Like when we went to the- How does that not ruin things? Well, Australia, the thing about Crocodile Dundee that's a little deceiving okay. is it's only showing you- the Northern Territory. It's only showing you Kakadu and Darwin and the North part of Australia. Well, where's the, she, the wilderness? She, yeah. Right. Like that's not Australia. That's a part of Australia. Yeah. If, if you just went to Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Sydney, yeah. you wouldn't feel fundamentally different than being in New York, LA. Okay. The spiders aren't in Sydney. There's still spiders Man. in Sydney, but the more developed you are, the less wildlife there is. Right. Yeah. But I will say even in Perth, like kangaroos are like squirrels. Like people have these giant uh, rails on the front of their vehicles. They're mm -hmm. called guards. Yeah, you've seen brush guards in America. Yeah, yeah. these are called guards. They're like pipes that are three inches in diameter, and they're used for just mowing over it's like mad It's it's pretty wild, dude. <laughs> and and you could be out one night and see a bunch of like uh, like marsupials just on a tree, and you're like leaving a bar, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's a that's a bunch of animals. That's Did you ever square up with a kangaroo? No, oh. no, they are violent, angry animals. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. They're deers on steroids. Yeah, we saw emus, which are like ostriches, which are huge, right? They, those um, freak me out. So in, in Australia, that's the part that was like a little misleading about Crocodile Dundee, but the part that's not misleading Crocodile Dundee shot those scenes in Kakadu. So they were up in the Northern Territory. Yeah, everyone was Australian on set besides Linda Kowalski, yep. the, who, the, played Sue. who played Sue Charlton. Yeah. yeah. So the, and, and, and the logistics of that, they couldn't even, the, the crew couldn't stay in hotels. They had to stay in huts. Yeah. Because they were in a part of the world. So let me back up. Prior to Crocodile Dundee, a lot of what the Northern Territory was was mining. So there were roads to get mining equipment up there, but it wasn't developed. Crocodile Dundee put that place on the map and all of a sudden tourism exploded in the Northern Territory. Really? By the time I got there, and this is, I'll pop in with an Australia story. I have never been hiking or on like adventure treks before anything like that. So my buddy Zach and Keith, who I met while I was down there, we wanted to go and check out the Northern Territory. It was beautiful. It's rain. It's desert rainforest. Everything you could think of is up there. So we're looking at this like catalog of these different kind of groups that you can go with to go explore the outback. And we wanted to do like a six day, a six day trek. They had like one day trek, two day trek. We That's did, a lot yeah, of trekking. Six day trek. And there were these hiking boots underneath it. We didn't know what that meant. None of, none, this is again, the internet wasn't even that big back then, right? This is 2001. Yeah. Not so, on your phone. So we sign up for what we didn't realize. Five boots underneath it meant like five boots like of, black hike, diamond. Like of hiking yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. And Max, it was like do or die out there. I don't want to do that. It was amazing. It was, it was landscape like you can't imagine just you're in the i mean we saw aboriginal artwork not in a museum but six miles hiking into the outback in a cave yeah like and then swimming rivers to get to waterfalls that were in the middle of nowhere we swam down this river we were on it for i don't know maybe a good mile and a half and it wasn't a particularly uh uh you know rapid there, yeah there weren't ra it wasn't rapidy yeah. if you will and we get out fondue and hamish hamish was the name of our guide who was just, his feet were made of leather. He yeah. wore a Croc Dundee hat, you yep. know. And he goes, oi, you guys all right? None of you got eaten by any Crocs, did you? And we were like laughing, and he points at a sign. And this sign says, beware crocodile-infested water. Yeah. 
Cause where we were is like, there's salt crocs everywhere and they drag people out of tents. And like, it's just me and these two other guys, one went to Harvard, the other went to Penn. And we were just in the middle of the outback thinking that we could handle this. And it was amazing. We are very different people. Max, I didn't, I'm I'm not different than you. I just didn't know what I'd signed myself up for. Well, you talk about it lovingly because you would have loved it. Once you survive it, it's a lot of fun. Sure. (laughs) So the other fun thing is when I got off the plane, I get my orientation paperwork. They give me this sheet of paper that says, learn to speak Australian. And it was a list of all these different words that they wanted you to learn that are like Australian. Flat like a lizard, right? Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Uh, good What's on that mean? You. I don't know. I still don't entirely know. <laughs> a lot of these are derivative of British terms. As yeah, well. they're all British people. Oh, easy. Don't say that. So no, they're British criminals. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it's supposed to be. But yeah, those are people. Yeah, criminals are people. No, I don't know. Uh, like bangas, which are like hot dogs or sausages, like a banga sanga, which is like a, a hot dog sandwich, I think. So like a like a banger, veggie, veggie like a banger. Yeah, like I say banger. Uh, yeah. Veggie mite, which I love. Yeah, I hear uh, it's meat, gross. meat pies, which yeah. I eat the crap out of. Uh, footy, Australian rules football, which I played when I was out there. I played rugby for a local club team. Um, man, I did everything. I'm sorry. I just want to take a minute and reminisce. When are you going to go back? you going to take your Tomorrow. kids? No. Go by myself. Would you rather take your kids or go by yourself? I'd rather take the whole family, but it's not. It's a kind of trip. You got to be there for a month. What are you going to drive? You got to fly. So wait till the hours. kids are like 12, 14, 16, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Max, uh, I don't even think we've talked about this movie. Why don't we talk about <laughs> Crocodile Dundee for a minute? So what? No, I'm, I am curious. What did they think about it when you were down there? Oh, you have that's a, first, a good That's a good thing. To you ask. have a first hand perspective. Yeah. So what you know me, I am largely obnoxious. Yep. And so there's probably quite a few Australians who their entire image of what an American is you. was validated. No, was already thought that it was me and yeah. it was validated by this loudmouth American. So we had, I had this buddy, Mike, who was like, local 18 year old first year of college and he was everything like that i am he was my counterpart my australian counterpart wild wild guy and he'd always do this imitation of an american every time an australian imitates an american they sound like they're from dallas yeah it's like um i'm a cowboy i'm from america (laughs) i like my guns and i like my bible and he would do this all the time and i would be like Oi, easy, tiger. I think I ate my baby. Crocodile Dundee here. Good day, mate. And I would like just thicken the accent and then he'd thicken it. We're all just drinking, hanging out. And I find this hilarious. Like nobody took offense to it. Like wokeism, if it existed in 2001 somewhere, it wasn't in Australia. Yeah, Australia, I think. Is the last uh, Australia is the U.S. in the 50s. Yeah. Well, at least it was 20 years ago. I don't know what it is today. Segregation or (laughs) pretty close, dude. (laughs) There's not. I mean, look, like the women in Australia, like I found this to be incredible. So like in in the United States, if an Australian man would come to America, the women, I mean, be like the Hemsworth issue, right? Mm. Let me let me take two steps back. Every single person in the whole damn country is in the most incredible shape you've ever seen in your life. And they're all gorgeous. I think that's in large part because the weather is so incredible and there's beaches and stuff to do everywhere. But like there's, I, I didn't see like a single fat person the whole time I was there. I was the fat person when I was there and I was like not even fat compared yeah. to I am now. Australian women loved American men that's because cool. I came over there and I was like opening doors for them and being polite and a little bit scared of women. And they were like, <laughs> oh, that's great. American women loved uh, Australian men because they had long blonde hair and they weren't, you know, cowardly and they would like, you know, break a it's crocodile Dundee. That's why yeah. Sue fell in love with Mick. Yep. So it was quite the trip, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. I dated a girl almost the whole time I was there who was Australian. Yeah, she was like a surfer, right? She was a surfer. Yeah. Why do I? What? Why do you? Oh, I'm just enjoying this so much. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Sorry. You just have one of those like eye roll memories in your back of your head. So the guys that we met from Australia said they were blown away by how much we had seen of Australia. So when we got out there, we were traveling to all 
corners of the continent and we, you know, on spring break, they'd go to Bali because it's not that far. Meanwhile, I rented a uh, um, scooter Land Rover and drove into the desert. That's like, awesome. Yeah, that's, and that was our spring break. It was yeah. amazing. So anyways, they hated Paul Hogan and hated Crocodile Dundee and loved Paul Hogan and loved Crocodile Dundee. Like they loved the representation that it provided of their country. Mm. They just kind of hated that it like oversimplified because for them, that wasn't their life. They're not, they weren't like living in the bush, you know, like they were big city kids that grew up with that. However, do you know what they hated more than that? You know, the thing that Australians hate the most in the whole world from my experience, the Dutch, no (laughs) fosters. Oh yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. That would be like you and I going over to like another country and be like, have you had Bud Light? Yeah. Let me give you this Bud Light. It's incredible. That's like swill. Now there's a beer called Victorian bitter. That is my favorite beer in the world. My bachelor party, somehow they got a hold of it, and it's I can't find it anywhere. If any of our listeners have access to Stubbies, which are little short, they look like red stripe bottles mm. of Victorian Bitter, uh, you can be on the show and replace Max for a year if you can bring me those. <laughs> Max, that is, uh, in short, as much Australia talk as I want to do right now. Hopefully we didn't lose anyone. Uh, and I'm ready to hop into the movie. So, Max. I have a question for you. Is, yeah. he, is he a poacher? Yes, 100%. Okay. So the whole, the whole thing about him being a poacher, though, is that I think... He's not doing it for sport. Yeah, so poachers are more like the other guys that were shooting the kangaroos. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It confused me. He is really like, he's the guy that kills the endangered species, but uses every part of the animal. Yeah. You know, he was raised as an aborigine. So yep. like it's, for him, it's not as much poaching. But yes, by the by the strict technical term, if it's illegal to hunt crocodiles and he's hunting them, he's a poacher. Are you allowed to hunt crocodiles? Like you get a certain amount of tickets per year. Like I've watched a swamp hunters shows. Though those are crocodiles. I mean, sorry, those are alligators, not crocodiles. I think. And saltwater crocodiles, I think, are a little bit different. And, okay. And Australia could be different too. I, I mean, don't they're know. dinosaurs. They're gonna live forever. They're gonna survive. I don't think people realize how big saltwater crocodiles are. Aren't they're, they like they're, they're I, monstrous? It's they're, like fifteen feet long, right? I think even bigger. Yeah. Well, the one in the movie is still alive, and he's 5.1 meters long. Yeah. So 15 feet, give or take. Weighs and, 700 uh, kilograms. What, what did the the animatronic one cost $45,000 to make? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, 45 grand. Uh, so Paul Hogan wanted to use real crocodiles, and they were yeah. like, no. Well, they used one called Bert, and he lives in a wildlife park in Darwin. Promise me you'll see him if you go back to Australia. Yeah, for sure. He's 80 years old. That's incredible. Yeah. I wish I'd known when I went last time. I would have checked it out. Yeah. Uh, all right, Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan is the spark of all of this. He so, comes from nowhere, really. Well, not, no, not yeah. true, because the Paul Hogan show was syndicated. People knew what it was. That was from 73 to 84. What was it? Was it a talk show? or what? No, it was a comedy sketch show. Okay, he, was, he was a comedian by trade. He also was all over the Australian tourism advertisements, and apparently he was one of the first to just be like, right, come to Australia, throw a shrimp on the bobby. Yeah. Like, that was his thing, right? So he was just... People knew of him. He wasn't, you know, some monster, you know, uh, Tom Cruise at the time, but he was relevant. Got it. So he makes this movie in 1977. I guess there's this guy named Rod Ansel. This is such a bummer. I don't know if he claims. So Paul Hogan claims this is not true. Have you looked at a picture of him? It's pretty true. I know. I know. So anyways, this guy, Rob, he's on a boat trip. They're doppelgangers. Yeah. His boat capsizes. Yep. And because a croc went at him, he spends a night drifting out to sea before he gets himself to a little bit of, of an island off the shore of Fitzmaurice River in Australia's Northern Territory. And he spent weeks surviving on his wits, including drinking cow blood. Mm. Delicious cow blood. Sounds warm. Something your fiance be into, a little hunting blood thing. She's a blood drinker, right? Yeah, you yeah. eat the heart right away. Eat the heart. <laughs> or like Last Mohicans. Nom, 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 nom. So... <laughs> 
They're clean. <laughs> By the way, this guy, this guy died in a standoff with police in 2001. Yeah, he shot a cop and killed one. Yeah, so. And I guess he went crazy because uh, the production company wouldn't even let him give his own Crocodile Dundee tours. Oh, like, you know how the Kramer gave, like, real Kramer cease, tours? They gave a cease and desist. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I think this is my single favorite fact of the entire movie. I didn't know it until I got to it, but I, I love this. That it was a trilogy? No. <laughs> that is my least favorite part. Uh, in Excess's lead singer, Michael Hutchins, was one of the film's investors. Among 1,400 other investors, including brokers, wealthy cricketers, Oh, you know, cricket, yeah. sport. I don't get it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the Queensland Investment Bank of Paul Morgan and Company underwrote $7.1 million needed to make the movie. Hogan and Cornell added 600000 of their own money, and ultimately, the film made over $300 million. It's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, this movie, this and Three Men and the Baby, and a Baby, I think, are the most unexpected... Smashes. M- yeah, mega This million. has got to be more of an unexpected, because at least in Three Men and a Baby, you had three lead male actors that everyone knew. Okay, Blair Witch Project. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would... Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, fair too. Same. Yeah. I would put this in the same vein. Yeah. It is It is insane. I mean, I, I don't even know... I have another fact in here. I should dig it up. It had to do with when they were looking for U.S. distribution, they were laughed off the table because this, I'm sure, crushed it in Australia, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, here it is. I got the fact right here. Cornell showed this movie at at 20th Century Fox to an executive there, and the, this is his quote. There was some idiot who sat with his feet on the desk and watched it for about 20 minutes, looking at his watch about eight different times, and he told me it wouldn't work. Paramount ended up taking it instead of uh, Century 20th Century Fox. But so, they regret that big time. <laughs> Three hundred million. Top Gun is the only movie that beat it. That Do you know what the five were that year? By the way, no. What were the five? Give oh my me. god! So it's Top Gun, this Platoon, Karate Kid Part Two, and coming up the rear, Back to School was <laughs> number five with ninety-eight million. Can you find a different way to say that next time? Oh, no, I get no respect. I <laughs> by the way, what a terrible movie year. Eighty-six. Well, think about it, dude. Like, or maybe not a terrible movie here, but what a surprise! Those are I love those movies, but they're garbage movies. Platoon is a garbage movie. Max, obviously, I'm not talking about Platoon. I'm talking about Karate Kid Two. Back to school. Back to school. Okay, thanks. They, they helped make me a point. Thank you. Our biggest hit on this podcast, Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> that um, is our biggest hit episode. Is the Back to School? Are you saying Armageddon's not a good movie? It's a great movie. Okay, thank you. It's just I, I like listening to Ben Affleck complain about how the yeah. plot didn't make sense. <laughs> just, just, just shut up. Yeah, just shut up, Ben. Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Um, so one of the writers, in addition to Paul Hogan, uh, did not think that the knife line was going to be funny and almost had it removed. It seems uh, like that always works. It's like the Beetlejuice, uh, table dance yep, thing. And yep, was they one, didn't think that was going to be a big deal. And there was another one. God, what was it? Shoot. I know what you're talking wax about. Wax on, wax off? No. No, 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 no. You'll think of it. We'll come back. Yeah. To it. Uh, we talked about Kakadu National Park, which I've been to. It's beautiful. Uh, it's about the size of Germany. Oh, no one puts baby in the corner. That's right. They yeah. Swayze really thought it was going to be dumb. Yep. Um, yes. Good work, man. <laughs> uh, Kakadu is about the size of Germany. Australia, if you lay it on top of the U.S., I think is about the same size, but with like one quarter of the population. How big Germany? I don't know. I have no frame of reference for that. You're like, oh, it's the size of Germany. I'm like, well, it's something for you to look up a little bit later. Cool. So this is pretty cool. Uh, so we know that they filmed in Kakadu. Uh, and then the Vasek's Bar in East in the East Village of New York was also in The Godfather Part Two and Rent. The New York hotel uh, that they were staying in that had the bidet mm. was in North by Northwest and Home Alone Part 2. Oh, that's cool. I thought you would enjoy that. I do. The beginning of the movie, 
uh, when you see Sue looking out over the Sydney Bay Harbor and yep. you see the Sydney Bridge, that was an homage to Paul Hogan, who used to be a rigger who worked on that bridge. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? You know what's really funny, by the way? I want to shout out 80s journalism as like a bougie kind of way of living. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. She's like, I'm going to stay in Australia in this penthouse for an extra week and do a story. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And her dad's, you know, loaded. It's like... I miss journalism being an obnoxious kind of hoity-toity thing. Oh, yeah. You're you're like the fourth generation of like rich kids. And yeah. you're just like, what are you going to do? I'm going to journalist. Yeah. Journalist. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> uh, we talked about the cast and crew sleeping in huts. I told you about the mechanical crocodile, which was 45 grand, which, by the way, I would totally buy for 45 grand. Oh, by the way, uh, the if you notice in the titles, it says Crocodile Dundee. It's got quotation marks under because Crocodile. Americans, because Americans are stupid. Because <laughs> they thought like, it'd be like, in a world. In a world where a crocodile is real. So funny that you say that because another adjust for the stupid Americans, the slang in the original cut of this, the Australian saying, right? You know, like, I put another shrimp on the bobby. Do you know what a bobby the, is? Just, it's, it's a, a barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. Does he say that in this movie? I don't even know, but I love saying <laughs> I it. I know you do. I say it a million times. Uh, like, oh, you know, like, crikey and like, oh, whatever. All these different sayings. Oi. 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 Yeah. TNT. Oh, have we watched Shane Gillis's new uh, Netflix special? I've not. Okay, hold on. I got to show you this one part. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't talk about anything you just showed me. It's so <laughs> offensive. It's really funny, though. It's really funny. No. I just totally forgot what we were talking about. Totally. Uh, Australia? Nice. Yeah. I think we were talking about Australia. So Hogan's Bowie knife. There was uh, steel, rubber, and aluminum ones on set. He has one of the steel knives, and he will never sell it. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, it's really cool. How big is it? It's like 12 inches. It's huge. I heard uh, there's some critic that said when they were talking about why they loved, I think it was a New York Times critic, uh, why they loved Crocodile Dundee, and I wish I'd written it down, but something to the effect of, Mick Dundee is a sensible John Rambo. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. <laughs> I was like, that's such a good way of explaining it. And also, you very rarely get a double fish out of water movie where it's half in Australia, half in New York. And they're, two different people. Yeah, and they're yeah, both yeah. out of place. But like, they do, a, this is actually a really good New York movie too. Yeah. It's uh, it's really misogynistic and you know I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs> is She's pretty, Sue's pretty bad. I know, but like he, he'll make like this thing. Oh, well, it takes me an hour to take a Sheila half a day. You know, like, but he learns, you know what I mean? Does he though? I hope he learns. On, Do you think their relationship lasts in real life? It didn't. They were no, married. No, they, I think uh, crocodile Dundee three killed their marriage. <laughs> I think they got divorced shortly after. Three. They're like, this is over. God, I can't believe there was a third. Two was great. I loved two. I need to watch two. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's great. Uh, what else you got for facts? Uh, let's see. Uh, the <laughs> calm down, calm Sorry. yourself down. Uh, the buffalo in the road was drugged. Very ornery. Was oh, drugged. he was drugged. Yeah, I didn't know so that. Peter was probably pissed. Yeah, that's yeah. Peter <laughs> can't drug a buffalo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not like a good that's all you got? title. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a great way to segue. Uh, when, so Paul Hogan went to New York once before this. Yeah, and. That's where he got the inspiration for this movie, kind of the fish out of water thing. And he mm -hmm. did try saying good day to like everybody. Oh, really? Because he wasn't used to being around that many people. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a hell of a culture shock. All right, Max. Well, I, I wanted to end on the drugged buffalo and you wanted to end on good day. So with that, why don't we take a quick break for a word from our sponsors? Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. Buying a house and selling a house is treacherous, treacherous territory. I mean, whether you eat in Gowana or a shrimp on the bobby. Really? That's a lovely accent you have, New Jersey. <laughs> 
Is it the most quotable movie of all time? Ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, Austria. Austria! Well then, let's put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> Our pet's heads are falling off. Man, oh man. Dumb and dumber. Put that on the list. <laughs> Dobie Real Estate. Buying a house, selling a house. There's nobody better. You got to reach out to him today. Tell him that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Try not to get as confused as we do. It's easy to do, I'm sure. A thousand homes sold. 400 million in sales. They are the premier real estate agents in Michigan, in the United States. Head out there today. Find the house you've been looking for or sell the house you want to get rid of. All right, Max, let's get back into it. Put another shrimp on the bobby. Would you get a Crocodile Dundee tattoo or an Australia tattoo? I did get an Australia tattoo. What is it? Uh, I got a big old turtle on my butt. You've never shown me that. (laughs) You've never asked to see my butt? It's true unfortunately max that <laughs> tattoo is covering up another tattoo and that's a story for another really? time oh yeah how do you not know this story no do you remember my bachelor party how they had those um i don't remember much about yeah it. i forget it never mind <laughs> they yeah. made fun of it ruthlessly yeah. at my bachelor party uh i went on a night dive uh i was in Cairns, which is where the great barrier reef is mm. and at that point um my other two buddies and i had advanced certification from patty and scuba diving so we could do we can navigate our own dives so we did a night dive on the great barrier reef and we came across a 200 year old sea turtle that was about the size of a honda civic oh my god it's cool and in my dive book i did some sketches of it nothing special but i would try to like draw jack and french girls (laughs) (laughs) turtle let me paint you and when i went back on shore i was like i was like you know my current girl, so I might as well tell most of the whole story. I don't want to get in too much detail because it's- Do you have a girl's name on your butt? Yeah, dude. It's so stupid. No and way. I was on my hip. Was her name was Sheila? Her. <laughs> she was quite the Sheila, mate. <laughs> so I had this little heart with some initials in it. Yeah, it's not one of my smarter moves. I did it when I was 18. That's incredible. I know, I know. Come on, I get, never go thought get it out. Just get it out of your system. I never Enjoy thought it. you'd have the worst tattoo out of us. Boy, that's really yeah. well played. <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> so, Max- yep. um, in my head when I got it, I'm like, look, even if we don't get married, because that's where my head was at when I was 18. Even I'm going to remember you forever, Even if, Even if we don't get married, like, you're you're my first love. Like, it's a cool thing to have. I never thought one day I might be laying next to a new girlfriend who yeah. might look at that and be like, that's really absurd. Yeah. And uh, that's what happened. Yep. So when I, my first, like, real girlfriend uh, outside of my high school girlfriend was this girl in Australia and she did not like it. So I was like, you know what? Probably should do something about that. So when I got, I'd already said goodbye to her. We were traveling, school's out. I was on my way home. I went to this tattoo parlor in uh, Cairns, Australia. And you're like, oi. I'm like, oi, fire up a tat. And I asked the guy, I'm like, what can you do exactly to like cover this up? He's like, oh, we're going to put a big old tattle right there. We're going to put the middle, <laughs> going to be covered up real good, mate. And I got a tattoo. Send me a picture sometime. Nope. I'll no. show it to you when we're done. I'll show it to you right now. Okay. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. So that is where the heart was. Yeah, that's good. It's not a bad tattoo. I like the turtle tattoo. Yeah. Not so much what was underneath it. Nice and simple and clean. Well, Max, this is why that's why I told my oldest daughter. Oh, God bless America. Hold on. That's <laughs> why I told my oldest. Sorry, I had a little trouble getting my pants on. I didn't think that would ever be something I'd sweat over. Uh, that's why I told my oldest daughter she can't start dating until she's in high school. And even then, she doesn't know I won't let her. Because, uh, yeah, that's really healthy. Scramble your brains. All right, Max, uh, what were we talking about? Australia? I, I mean, the, the director we could start with and all that stuff. Cash. All right, Peter Feynman. And let me tell you about that director. Um, I have to put this on your list of movies to watch right away. Other than Crocodile Dundee, there's nothing he did other than Dutch. And you've got to watch Dutch. Dutch. Ed O'Neill. Yeah. Very Al Bundy. Yeah. Al Bundy. 
Uh, he is a stepdad and he is going to go drive and pick up the stepson from uh, military school, private school, something like that. Stepson's a spoiled little brat, hates him. And it's a, like a kind of like a really like a trains, planes and automobile. And um, yeah, I've heard it's good. Like it, it's like an, an homage to like that, you know, traveling buddy trip. Except it's like it's an underrated. Gem, and it's really, really yeah, good. Yeah. It's got heart. Yeah. Miles and miles, miles of and miles of heart. I need you to watch it. Yep. We got three writers. We got Paul Hogan. Then we got Ken Shady because he's shady. Slim Shady, <laughs> the real Ken Shady. And uh, John Cornell, who also did some production work. Ken Shady did nothing other yeah, than Yeah, this is lightning in a bottle. Right. Uh, John Cornell produced Almost an Angel. And I need you to watch that movie, too. Okay. It is really, really good. He also produced uh, Crocodile Dundee, too. But I want to talk about Almost an Angel for a minute. Basically. Is someone almost an angel? Linda Kozlowski and Paul Hogan oh. said, said, let's make magic again, but not, but not in a crocodile movie. And this movie, uh, oh man, man, oh man, oh man. Who's the guy from Law and Order who was also in Chris wet, wet, wet Hot American Summer? Oh, uh, Ken, no, not Ken Stabler. No, that's the character's name is Stabler, isn't it? Lieutenant Stabler? Yeah, it is. Check his name up. Christopher Maloney. I got it. Totally screwed that up. I meant Elias Cotes. The skinhead from some kind of wonderful. I don't, he's not a skinhead though. Skinhead implies uh, that he's like a racist. That's he's, what his punk. That's what his title is. Look at look at uh, some well, kind of wonderful. A, I'm, not, I'm not accepting that because that's not who he was. He was better than that. His head Call was punk. His head had skin on it. Anyways, so he plays the brother of Linda Kozlowski, who's in a wheelchair. He's dying with. Uh, he's got some sort of like spinal cancer, but. Yeah. Um, Paul Hogan plays Terry Dean, who's a cat burglar and a thief, and he just gets released from jail. That was cool. And this little kid's about to get hit by a bus, and he jumps in front and throws the kid out of the way. While he's in the hospital, was it Michael Landon that was in that show, uh, Touched by an Angel or whatever? Like, that's playing on the TV. And he starts imagining that he is talking to God, who I think is played by Charlton Heston, of all things. What? Yeah, at the beginning. God, I have to check that, Max. (laughs) This movie's not crazy. Hold on, hold on. Who plays God in almost an angel? Yeah, it was. It was Charlton Heston. How funny is that? That's really strange. It's just, yeah. So he's the voice of God and he actually is there as God in this movie. Anyways, I'm getting too much into almost an angel, but it's worth talking about. So the whole movie is Paul Hogan thinks he's an angel. So he he completely changes his life and goes around like, while talking to God, God doesn't talk back at all after he gets out of his like mini coma. Should be your first giveaway. I know. Um, <laughs> but it's got heart. Miles and miles of heart. Yeah. So I want you to watch that movie. Okay. You'll enjoy it. A lot of good chemistry between uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hogan. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, there should be. Where to leave? So was off. that, uh, was her uh, derobing a, a seminal moment for you? No, I, I'm not. She wasn't, she's not my like type. Yeah. Wow. I know she's very, very pretty. I yeah. just doesn't. But, you know, I feel the same way about Sharon Stone. She's got that Sharon Stone you look. shut your I face. I know, dude. I know. Casino, man. I know. Easy. Total easy, easy Pesci. Easy Pesci. Funny how. <laughs> uh, uh, so no one did anything really. In this no, movie. Paul Hogan, uh, Crocodile Dundee, uh, Mick Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> he Almost an angel. Yeah. And, Subaru commercials. Yep. And then some like um, self-aware Mr. Dundee movie that just came out a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not like a being John Malkovich. Malkovich. It's not. A, by the way, did you see Malkovich back on Billions? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. It was really good. It was good. It was creepy. Uh, Linda. Gossamer wings. Linda Kozlowski, uh, almost an angel. She did a bunch of other stuff, but nothing of relevance. Yeah. I didn't do any other characters in this entire movie other than two because I'm a weirdo. I did Reginald Val Johnson, of course, who played Gus, the yeah. limo driver. It's okay. 
I'm a limo driver. <laughs> he was the jail guard in Ghostbusters. And of course, Al Powell in Die Hard 1 and 2. Yeah. And Carl Winslow in Family Matters. He's an important dude. He's a super, In my life, he's a very important guy. You know what's my favorite thing? Uh, what's your you favorite know, thing? You know the show Invincible? Yes. The high school they go to is Reginald Vell Johnson High School. Oh, my God. Isn't really, that great? It's really great. Yeah, I'm just like, mm, satisfying. <laughs> um, I also did Michael uh, Lombard, who played Sam Charlton, who is Sue's dad. Yeah. Uh, he was Erwin uh, Goldman in Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. So that's that was like, I, I got nothing else. And else. he was in Network and Rounders and Devil's Advocate. Yeah, but I just, that's yeah. for me. The well, Mark is. Bloom, uh, who's playing uh, Richard Mason, the jerk fiance who gets punched at the dinner. Yes. He's Gary Glass in Desperately Seeking Susan. Remember he gets high with Madonna? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep, and yep, also yep. he was on Billions at some point. Really? Yeah. On Billions? Like one episode or something. Right, he was a doctor. Right, I see that. that was nuts. Uh, I did do John Malin, who played Walter, uh, Walt. The old Walt. Yeah. He has the most decorated acting career of anybody in here, but I think it's all Australian stuff, but he was like a child actor and he just acted and acted and acted and acted. He was good. I've seen him in nothing else other than everyone in this movie's charming. Oh, and also, uh, you can't, uh, David Gopilly who played, you go Pilly. who played Neville Bell, the Aborigines. Yes. So he's like a super famous Australian choreographer. Like almost on the level of Paul Abdul. Really? Yeah. So like well, all the cool. all the dance stuff was him. Okay. So he never saw a white person until he was eight years old, and he was like fearless through life. He learned English quick quickly. He met the Queen. He had a drinking problem. He worked on. He went to prison. Became sober. And he was also on the Leftovers. Remember when they go to see the Aborigines tribe on the Leftovers? I don't. Yeah. Hmm. So he was like actually like super famous in Australia. The um, it's interesting because. One thing we didn't talk about. He's really about, funny. And I didn't dig into this at all. When he's looking at his watch and he, get, he gets the lost. The score in this movie. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. It's a very nice blend of like, you know, you've got the didgeridoo. I have a didgeridoo, by the way. Really? I, I hope I Bring it next time. I, I'll have to look. But I never learned how to play it other yeah. than the basic like. Bow, bow, and then bow. the New York, like I'm walking here music. Yeah. Yeah. It's all jazz. <laughs> pop. He's on a police horse. <laughs> What's up a day? It's Careful. So true. The maid might seduce it's you. The, it's, Rosita. It's literally. Oh, Mr. Meek. <laughs> it's literally the most like New York. Yeah. And the most like Outback. Like the Outback is like. Yeah. Oh, and the subway scene at the end when they were like repeating through people. That might be. It's pretty bad. So I was I was gonna get into this. I think we're are we good on actors? Yeah, actually, yeah. okay. favorite scenes of the movie. That's your favorite, I, I, Max. It's up there. Uh, I it's the they most, don't even kiss. It's the most New York scene ever. Yeah, the subway guy. Hey, hey yeah. I'm walking here. Hey, I love Lee, you. He she loves you. He loves you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get the attention. That whole scene. I'd like to remake that scene. That'd be great. Uh, I like when he's at the bar with the uh, taxi guy. That's uh, a problematic scene there, buddy. A little bit. Gives a little grab uh, to someone dressing like something. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when did he punch a bunch of people out? Is it the pimp? It's the second time he sees yeah. the pimp that he punches a bunch of people out. He goes to grab his knife. He doesn't have it. And then he does his little... By the way, as a child, once you see this movie, you have a pet of your own and you do the... Yeah. With the horn thing, like because you think it's possible to do. Uh, Mind of a matter. So, if I really took a moment and reflected upon what my favorite scene is in the movie, it, it it's hard for me not to love when Gus grabs the I don't even know what not ornament, but the piece of the limo that looks like a boomerang. And oh yeah. Throws oh it. yeah. Yeah. He's like, all right, I knew you were tribal. And he's like, you know, Southside Chicago Bulldogs yeah. or something like that. Like, Jesus Christ. Harlem Warlords. Yeah, there yeah, you they go. Look at this. Yeah. Southside, Southside Chicago, Chicago yeah. Bulldogs. How did I get that from Harlem? What else? Other favorite scenes in the movie? Anything with the hotel. I like him like taking a bath and just hanging out. 
You're so weird. I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> his every time he punches someone, yeah, is, is my it's favorite like scene in the movie. Fud. It, like, what is? Let me ask you this. He's it, like Captain America. I, I, I got a question. He's Captain Australia. <laughs> I got a question for you. Yeah. What is a more impressive sound when Crocodile Dundee punches someone? It's already the or, predator or, one. Or, it's a predator. Or it's the Dylan, hand slap. Or it's the hand or slap. Dylan it's not even. I, I'm offended. You asked. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, this is number two, but... Or how about in... Was it Casino when they beat Pesci and his brother to death and throw him in the sand? Yeah, that's not, like, a winning sound. No, but remember the, that, like... Yeah, the, that me- the, the metal bat. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, oh, I can, like, He's still that. breathing. Come on, Frankie, stop it. <laughs> and then they pour dust on him. They're coughing the dust. All right, Max, uh, this is... <laughs> that's graphic. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, for me, this has got to be one of the tougher ones ever. Uh, who, who are you recasting? Oh if God. anyone, I mean, you, I, I don't think you can recast Paul Hogan, so it's got to be Sue. Well, no, could you do Mel Gibson? That's what I thought. <sighs> I think that he there's, could be rugged enough. There's, there's a lightness and like a sweetness to Paul Hogan. That I don't think Mel, Mel could Gibson, be light in the eighties. Light and sweet. Give me your example. I mean, like Martin Riggs at certain points when he's with the family. At certain points, yeah, he doesn't have to turn on the crazy. I don't know, man. Like you know, I grew up in the beginning when he's doing Three Stooges. Yeah, like that could be the way he fights. What women want, Mel Gibson? Uh, I don't know. But that's not in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I knew you were going to bring that up, though. I love that movie. Yeah. Do you know the best part of that movie is when he connects with his daughter in the bathroom? What? <laughs> that's less weird than your statement you made earlier. You know what I'm talking about. His daughter's crying because she got uh, ditched at prom because she wouldn't go to the hotel with him. Oh, yeah. And she's, like, crying, and he's talking to her in the stall next to her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you should watch the movie before you say Mel Gibson from the movie I didn't even see. Uh, I saw it in theaters. So I think you got to go. I don't know. I mean, you can remake it with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I, I think that was being kicked around for a hot No, minute. there was a commercial. I saw those commercials. Yeah, there was I also a think it was one. being remade too. Yeah. Uh, how about for Sue? I think that's easy, right? It's Sharon Stone or What's Her Face from uh, Sex in the City. Carrie Bradshaw? I mean, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah, no. Nope, 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 nope. That's Sarah Jessica Parker. No, also from Kim Cattrall. Uh, Kim Cattrall. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Kim right? Kim, Kim, Cattrall. Kim Cattrall works. Yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, there's nobody else in the movie worth recasting. <laughs> Give me Joe Pesci as her father. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Danny DeVito as and Gus, I, playing everybody. <laughs> so I start blasting. <laughs> Danny DeVito as I sent Paul you. Hogan. I don't think I sent you that TikTok. So I sent Max this TikTok. It I, can't be I, real. It has to be real. It says there's a charity, and for ten thousand dollars, you can spend the night drinking with the entire cast if it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and they'll roast you. And I'm like, how are we not doing this? Like this, they seem so. The way they talk about drinking, they seem to get after it in a way where I feel like <laughs> you and I would be wrecked. Well, no, no, we'd keep up and we'd be fun. Well, you would maybe anymore, I wouldn't. But oh, and you would come on. No, no, but. I, I, I can still, but... Uh, you, so, so you say. Electric Forest proved it to me. Uh, but I emotionally, <laughs> I wouldn't recover from them insulting me. No, not yeah. at all. You'd be loving it. You'd join the I would, I'd be like, yeah, yeah Max is yeah, the worst. Yeah. You guys got it. <laughs> I'd be rickety cricket. <laughs> I'd introduce you as... Yeah. Siri's on. Oh. Siri, turn off. Siri, go away. Siri, stop it. That may be beyond my abilities at the moment. Three years we've been doing this podcast. How do you not... Turn your audio off on your computer when we record. It's incredible. It's the microphone. Unbelievable. Who's? Don't you feel embarrassed by these kind of things? Kind of. You should. You don't at all. You have no shame. (laughs) Max, what else do you want to talk about regarding Crocodile Dundee? Nothing. I think we're good. Well, then, Max, by God, 
Let's throw another shrimp on the barbie and go to our fan spotlight. Max, today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is AJ, who was kind enough to give us a spotlight last week that we didn't need, so he came back this week. Outside of being a Bears fan, I have nothing bad to say about him. He's got long, flowing hair. He's a fan of the show. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, there you go. What's up, uh, Badgers? Calm down, Max. Uh, Fan of the show, interactive dude, always telling you what he thinks and feels. That's important. You need friendship, like some people need air to breathe. I am curious to see what AJ had to say and hope he didn't make any bear down comments in his spotlight. So let's hear what he had to say about Crocodile Dundee. If you grew up in the 80s and you hear someone say, Good day, mate. Let's go down under and slip another shrimp on the bobby. You can't help but think of 1986's Crocodile Dundee, starring Paul Hogan as Michael J. Dundee, known to his friends as Mick and to his adoring fans as the legend that is Crocodile Dundee. Just your classic fish out of water, or should I say crocodile out of the billabong story. And on the rewatch... It was it was still a good movie. It was funny. It had some heart. Most of the jokes work. Most of them. I'll leave that there. The biggest issue that I had was with the first kind of half of the movie when Sue, the reporter, the actress Linda Kozlowski, is in the bush. First of all, there seems to be a lacking chemistry between her and Crocodile Dundee, which is shocking considering the those two actors actually got married and were married for 24 years after this. So despite that, there just didn't seem to be any real chemistry. It was weird. You know, he's calling her a Sheila and yet she's like attracted to him, but she's not. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the Jane Tarzan thing, but anyways, it didn't really work for me. But the second part was while they're kind of there in the outback, her character is just so unbelievable. I mean, am I really supposed to believe that she's walking around the Australian outback in ballet flats and a leotard? I mean, am I supposed to believe that? Or that she decided to crawl to the edge of water when she knows there's crocodiles all around? (laughs) And then lastly, that she's going to just fill a canteen in a random nasty river? I don't know. I feel like anybody who has done any kind of camping knows, like, you don't just drink random water. Anyways, like I said, overall... Really still enjoyed the movie. Really loved kind of the shots of, you know, kind of the outback in Australia. thought it was very cool how they, you know, kind of show the, the Aborigines in Australia and bring that aspect out. Because let's be honest, the majority of everyone's knowledge, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone in the United States, our knowledge of Australia comes from this movie and probably the rescuers down under. At least that's where we learned that poaching was a bad thing because they kind of brush it under the rug in this movie. Also, it was nice to see Reginald Vell Johnson, a.k.a. Sergeant Al Powell, a.k.a. Carl Winslow, as Gus the limo driver. Always nice to see his smiling face. Lastly, my favorite scene is still the mugging when the guy pulls out the switchblade and Mick goes, that's not a knife. 
this is a knife and pulls out his Rambo knife. Still brings a smile to my face every time I see it. Mo and Max, thanks again so much for having me on, guys. Talk to you later. You know, it's such a good point about the flats and the tutu. It makes me think of the criticism that Jurassic World came under uh, because that uh, girl's wearing heels heels the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And also, you know, the scene that we didn't talk about that I love when he throws the can of food. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that as well. Uh, but he's right. I mean, for, for my entire childhood, you know, before there was Chris Hemsworth, before even even really um, even Mel Gibson never hammed up the Australian. No, like all of my like good day and all that stuff. It's all Paul Hogan. Like yeah, Paul just really, Hogan is Australian. He really leaned into it. He did. I'd like you to lean into it, Max. Lean into what? I don't know, Max. Uh, AJ, I thank think the you. Boston accent. Yeah, I know. AJ, good luck today. I think you guys are playing the Broncos. They're winning right now. They're up on the Broncos? 17 nothing. Oh, boy. Which is terrible for them, actually, because they want the number one pick. So it's like you can't win. It's good news for us. Yeah. They're both garbage. We get yeah. to play them both. Yeah. <laughs> Between the Broncos and the Bears, we have three games <laughs> against them. <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> <laughs> and Panthers next week. Oh, Rari, little Panthers. All right. Anyways, Max, that concludes our show on Crocodile Dundee. And I have some big news. What? Today is officially the last day that we record in the Paul Chambers inaugural studio. Yeah. The studio is finished. We've done sound tests. We're doing some final tweaks. And next week, we will be recording our first episode from the... We don't have a name for the studio yet. We're working on some names. But from the studio that is in my basement. The the pit. Right now, it's called the pit. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, Max, I will tell you again, if you haven't listened to the show before or you haven't subscribed, do so now. Leave a five-star review. And check us out on all social media platforms at Tower. Patreon.com, buzzinthetower.com. What do you got, Max? Up north in the never-never, where the land is harsh and bare, lives a mighty hunter named Max Sanders who can dance like Fred Astaire. That's good. It's n- none of that's true. No, I like that. <laughs> I can see you dancing like Fred Astaire. I can't dance. I like that. Unless I get some vodka in me. No, I like that. It's good. Uh, I will end with a chant that we used to do all the time at the bar, at sporting events, and everything else. Okay. You could be anywhere in Australia. Anywhere. And if you go... Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Someone will go, oi, oi, oi! I like it. And there you go. Goodbye. Good day. (laughs) You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.